are continuing our study in the book of Acts. And the book of Acts, we've been journeying now for almost, uh, wow, like multiple months here. And we're coming to the close. In fact, next weekend, we'll come to chapter 28 of the book of Acts, the very last chapter. This weekend, we land in chapter 27. And if you want to pull out your Bible, uh, we're going to read some of it today together. And uh, the first the first part of this chapter, I mean, it just reads like an action novel, all right? And I want to be able to read a chunk of it for us, but let me kind of uh, set the stage for what's happening at the beginning of chapter 27, 1 through 20. Uh, the Apostle Paul, his life has been radically changed by Jesus. He goes from persecuting Christians to being a spokesman for Christianity and sharing faith with many, many people. Now he's uh, been in prison now for two years, and uh, he's going to be shipped off, literally shipped off, to Rome. And so they set sail for Italy, Paul does, along with some Roman guards and probably some other prisoners, a whole hodgepodge of people that are on this ship. And on their journey, I mean, it is, a, it is rough waters, and it is dangerous, and the storms come, and everybody thinks that they are about to, to die, and that's where we enter into what Paul says in the midst of the storm, on this boat, with all these individuals absolutely fearing for their lives. And this is Psalm 27, or Acts 27, beginning in verse 21. Let me, just, let me just read it for us, okay? Just listen in to this incredible story. It says, No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and he said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all of this damage and loss. You see, Paul had warned the, 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 the officials on the boat that they, they shouldn't push forward in the midst of this storm, and yet they ignored him and did what they wanted to do anyway. Verse 22 says, But take courage, Paul says to them, none of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, he says, an angel... Of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And the angel said to me, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage. I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. Beginning in verse 27, it says, About midnight on the 14th night of the storm, as we were be, being driven across the Sea of Adria, the sailors sensed that land was near. They dropped a weighted line, found that the water was 120 feet deep, but a little later they measured again and found it was only 90 feet deep. At this rate, they were worried. They were afraid that we would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore, and so they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight to come. Then the sailors, they tried to abandon the ship, they lowered the lifeboat as, they, as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, You will die unless the sailors stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and let it drift away. But as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You've been so worried that you haven't touched food for weeks, he said. Eat something now for your own good, for not a hair from your head's will perish. Then he took some bread, and he gave thanks before them all. And he broke a piece off, and he ate it. 
And then everyone was encouraged, and they began to eat, all 276 of us that were on board. After eating, it says, the crew lightened the ship further by throwing the cargo of wheat overboard. And when morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach. They wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground, and so they cut off the anchors, and they left them in sea. And then they lowered the rudders and raised the foresails, and they headed towards shore, but they hit a shoal, and they ran the ship aground too soon. And the bow of the ship, it stuck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves, and the ship began to break apart. And the soldiers, they wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure that they didn't swim ashore and escape, but the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul's life, and so he didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could to swim, to jump overboard first and make for land. The others held on to planks or debris from the broken ship, and everyone escaped safely to shore. Wow, what a story. What an incredible moment. Men that were used to sailing absolutely fearing for their lives. In this story, there's 276 people. The count is right there in the text for us. 276 people on board. 275 of them, they thought they were going to die. But one person believed that they were going to live, and that was the Apostle Paul. See, God had strategically placed Paul on this ship to breathe hope into ones that thought they were about to perish. They were facing a storm like they had never faced, fearing for their very lives. And yet Paul was there to be a messenger for God, to remind them that the God who is over the storms was going to be with them as well. And the same is true for every single one of you in this room. So some of you, you're in a storm of your own. But I want you to know that even when you're in the storm, you're in the boat with others, and God wants to use you just like he used Paul. There's people all around you that are facing storms. There are storms of, of, of financial ruin. There are storms of job loss. There are storms of cancer or disease. There are storms of addiction or relational strife. And if you're like me, you, you just want to... No, like, how can I help? What can we do? And what we see, I think, in this story, Paul lays out a blueprint for how we can come alongside of other people that might be hurting, suffering, in tragic situations. It leads us to a bottom line truth for this weekend, and that is that we're all in the same boat, that Jesus has uniquely equipped us to help others, so, we do what we can while leaving the results to God. So, I want us to think about the text a little bit in this incredible story. In light of that first statement, we're all in the same boat. This, this, this ship that was headed to Rome, to Italy, uh, it was filled with a plethora of people from all kinds of different backgrounds. I mean, there's prisoners like Paul there. He's under guard, so there's, there's Roman officers that are there. There's the officers of the ship and crew members, perhaps others that were just 
traveling, and yet they all had one thing in common. They're all on the same boat. They're all facing, in that moment, the same storm. And this is what's really important for us to remember that we, I mean, as human beings, we are in the same boat. We live in a broken world where things go wrong all the time and people are hurting all around us and you've been there before. And, and when you're there, isn't it good to know that somebody gets it? They, they might not have the answers. They might not be able to fix it. But just to know that you're not alone in the midst of your storm. Paul had been placed there by God to be in the boat with them. I think about, uh, I think about what Teddy Roosevelt said. He said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. There's nothing like just knowing there's somebody at least in the boat with you. You know, our family, we've been in a, a season like no other for our lives and the medical stuff going on with our son Carter. And it, it's still just like this roller coaster. I said to somebody the other day, they said, you're on a roller coaster. I said, yeah. And um, we didn't wait in line for this one. <laughs> and it feels like we're stuck and we can't get off. And we're so many times in my life as a pastor and just as a friend, like, you know, I'm trying to be the one alongside of others in their boat facing their storm. I feel like everything's been flipped. And for the first time in, I don't know, it feels like in our lives, like we're the ones needing somebody in the boat with us. And I can't tell you what it's meant to have a church family. To have people that have reached out, to have people that have cared, to have people that have sent text messages. Have I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people saying, we're praying for you. I know people that they set their alarm every morning, 6.45, their alarm goes off, and that's their reminder to pray for our son Carter. Todd Enderley, who just passed away from our Norwalk campus, his wife told us that one day Todd hadn't eaten anything all day, and she said, let me, let me make something for you to eat. He said, no, no, I'm good. And she said, no, you've got to eat something. And he said, no, no, I'm fasting for Carter Nielsen today. I've had people send text messages, and, and, and one of the most powerful ones was not somebody just saying, oh, we're praying for you, or hey, you know, we're here for you. They said, how's Carter doing? I said, well, it's been rough. It's been hard this week. And the response, it just said, I'm so frustrated for you guys. In that moment, I felt like, okay, we're not alone. Somebody gets it. Somebody feels it. God's calling you and I to be in the boat with somebody. I mean, that might, that might be the only hope that somebody has, and you could be that hope. Just get in the boat. Just be in the boat. Remind people that they're not alone. You can't fix it, but just suffer with them. Hang with them. Our bottom line truth is that we're all in the same boat. And that was the case. Paul's in the boat with all these people that are just fearing for their lives. And the second part of our truth is that God has uniquely equipped us then to help others. 
Now, I want us to move for a minute from kind of like the nautical world and this boat story to the, the world of flight, okay? Um, maybe, maybe, you know, you've been on a plane at some point in your life and you, you recognize this picture, right? Or, well, it's the thing that's down in the, in the, in the thing in, in the seat in front of you that you don't really pull out. They tell you to pull it out, and then somebody gets on the intercom, and they start talking and giving directions, but most of us don't pay attention, right? <laughs> uh, and, and the whole principle, when you get on the, the plane, they're trying to remind us for, of safety, a, a critical, critical thing that, that if, the, if the cabin loses air pressure and there's danger, that before you try to help others, it's important to put the oxygen mask on yourself because otherwise you may pass out and you won't be able to help anybody. It's, a, it's an important thing. <laughs> we should pay attention a little bit more. And I think the Apostle Paul, as he's in the boat with all these others that are like fearing for their lives, he knew what it was to put the oxygen mask on. He had breathed in the hope of God's promise to him and that was going to enable him to then equip and help other people. Look at what the Apostle Paul says to them. We read it just a few moments ago. It says, it says no one had eaten. And for a long time, finally, Paul, he called the crew together. He said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. I mean, the boats, it's like being racked. It's being destroyed. He says, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives even though the ship will go down. Why did Paul, why was he able to say this? Because he took a moment to breathe. When everybody else was fearing and overwhelmed and losing sight, Paul was breathing in the oxygen of God's promise and God's hope. He goes on and he explains to them. He says, for last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me. See, Paul realized that there was somebody else in the boat with him that was there to protect him. And he says, the God to whom I belong and the God to whom I serve. I think that's significant. Paul was saying, listen, uh, um, the God that, it's not just the God that I serve, you know, and I'm doing my good deeds. This is the God that I belong to. Like, he has ownership over my life. He's the one that, that loves me and looks out for me and protects me. It's that God whom I belong to, that God that I serve. He says, and he sent an angel. And this angel said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. Usually you think, well, that doesn't sound like good news. You're for sure going to go to trial. <laughs> but you see, it, it breathed hope into Paul because he knew that for him to go to trial, it meant he had to live through this storm. And the angel said, what's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone that is sailing with you. You guys, this is so important. Listen, when God is in the boat with you, it means hope for everybody else that is in the boat, facing whatever storm they're facing. That's why it's important for us to be in the boat with others, and that's why we have the opportunity to be God's spokesman. And so look at verse 26. Paul says these words, so take courage. And then Paul shares his faith. He says, for I believe. I believe God. And it will be just as he said. You know, I'm going to tell you something. There's times 
where there's others in your life, they're in the boat, the storm is raging. And they may be people of faith, but they're struggling to believe. They're struggling to have faith. They're, the, the reality of their lives isn't lining up with everything that they've believed. And they're suffering and they're hurting. And sometimes what God is calling you and me to be is in the boat. And it's to hold on to faith when other people can't hold on to faith for themselves. Sometimes it's your belief, your trust in God, your faith in His goodness that will carry somebody else that isn't feeling God's goodness in that moment. He's uniquely equipping you, just like He uniquely equipped Paul to come alongside of everybody that was in the boat with him. The, the, the truth of the matter is the greatest thing that you and I can bring to those that are in the boat is our relationship with Jesus. That's what Paul brought. In the midst of the storm, he was still hearing God. He was still sensing faith and hope. And because of his relationship with Jesus, he could hear and sense things that everybody else was missing. And that was so that he could be that voice to everybody else. This is why it's so important for you and I as followers of Jesus to daily be in God's Word, to have some chair time with Him so that as we're reading the pages of Scripture in the morning for ourselves, when God puts us in the boat with somebody else, we have something to share. We have something to offer, something to give them that they really need. It's, it's why uh, when we're sensitive to Jesus and walking with Him on a daily basis, His Spirit can lead us to others that may be drowning in a storm of their own. The greatest thing that you have to offer other people, it's, it's, I mean, I know you're some brilliant people, some gifted, some talented, some smart people. But at the end of the day, the greatest thing that you have to offer somebody is your relationship with Jesus. To breathe hope in the midst of the storm. Because you know the one that is over the storm. We're all in the same boat. We are. You need to know that. And so if you're here or you're watching online and, man, it's hard and heavy, just know you're not alone. You're, there's others in the boat with you. And, and Jesus has uniquely equipped you to help others. And that leads to the final truth. So we do what we can. We do what we can while we leave the results to God. And that's what Paul did. He did what he could. And so he says, hey guys, you're, you need to eat something. Look at what it says. Just as the day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. He says, you've been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks. You know, there's points in your life that you can be so overwhelmed and so overcome that you stop eating, you forget to eat. And these sailors... They were, they were weak. They were struggling. They had forgotten about the basic things of life that they needed to be able to go on in the midst of the storm. And so Paul is just doing what he can. He's saying, you got to eat something. 
and, and it goes on. He says, please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your heads will perish. He's reminding them, listen, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Sometimes you just need somebody to say, listen, you're going to make it. It says, then he took some bread, and he gave thanks to God before them all, and he broke a piece off of it, and he ate. Does that sound familiar to any of you? Like, he, in the midst of the storm, he, he breaks bread, and he gives thanks for it. Does that sound familiar? Like, like our Jesus, who the night before he would face the greatest storm of his life and go to the cross, gathered with his disciples, and he broke bread and he gave thanks. And the text goes on. It says, uh, and then they took some bread. He gave thanks, broke the piece off, ate it. Then everyone was encouraged and they began to eat. All 276 of us that were on board. All 276, many of whom, they, I mean, they didn't believe in the same God that Paul believed in. They didn't believe in the resurrected Jesus that Paul had believed in. Many of them were probably pagan, believed in a plethora of gods, or, or didn't care about God at all. But in this moment, whether they realized it or not, Paul was leading them, I think, in the Lord's Supper. He was just doing what he knew to do. To provide for somebody's need and to point them to the one that we need to give thanks to. And, and, and it says they all ate and they were filled. The storm, the, Paul didn't know for sure what the, what the end of the story was going to be. Yeah, he had received a promise from this angel that they were going to make it, but man, they were still in the midst of it. That's why the, the last part of our bottom line truth is that We've got to be in the boat with people and re remember and, and, and equip them and help them, come alongside them, do what we can. But then at the end of the day, we trust God with the results. Trust God with the results. You know, I, I don't know what the storms are that people that you love and care about are facing right now. And maybe it's like you don't even know where to start or how to help or what to do. Just make sure that they know that they're not alone. Just show up. Just, even if you don't have words, just, just weep with them. Just be there. Sometimes that's all that a person needs. And that could be you or somebody else. And remember that God's equipped you. He has. Make sure you're taking in the oxygen of God's truth and love and hope in your own life so that then we can help others in the way that they need to be helped the most. And then just do what you can. Take a meal. Send a text. Stop by. Uh, mow a lawn. Make a visit. Bring a coffee. Send a prayer. Share a song. It means something. Trust me. I know. Because I know there's people that are in the boat with us. And we get to be in the boat with one another. And you know what? We can't control 
the cancer we can't control, the disease we, we can't control, the outcome of the relational hardship. But we can do what we can and then trust God with whatever the results will be. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you that we are never alone. You've said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you to the very end of the age. We are not alone. Your people are not alone. God, you've called us to be in the boat with one another and with others that are hurting, others that are fearing, others that may or may not believe in you. But you've called us to be in the boat with them. And God, you have equipped us. And I pray that you would help us daily to link in to who you are so that we can be like Paul when everyone else is fearing and doubting. We can say with Paul, I believe God. And it will be just as he said. And God, I pray that you would help us when we don't know what to do, just to do something and to trust you with the results. We commit ourselves to being your followers and to being your representatives. And we pray for those that are facing the storms. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for being with us this last weekend of Orange.